0: Well, greetings, my friends. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever it is, whatever it is, where you are. Welcome to the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. This is Smoking and Toasting. It's episode number fifty-three, and my name is Cruz. Across the studio from me, my good friend and uh, comrade in arms, Mr. Ian Barry. What's up, How are everybody? How you? Do- oh, you did the NPR lean. That was good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke here, but it's Thank you. If you've ever seen, you know, any of the NPR like live streaming things or. Any Saturday Night Live episode, you probably have experienced the uh, NPR lean. So we'll we'll try to demonstrate that on Facebook Live for a while. Speaking of Facebook Live, by the way, uh, we are on Facebook Live, and we're now doing almost every show on Facebook Live. We just got in some of the gear we need to be able to do the remote shows on Facebook Live. So that, That's, that we're looking forward to. So there it is.
1: Yep, and also there you get is. to hear all the gritty bits in between too. We're not we're not going to block that out yes, anymore. Yes, we
0: finally decided not to uh, not to hold back. You get so, to hear everything. Uh, so the the program generally isn't explicit, but we can make no guarantees about the in between <laughs> uh, <right>. stuff on <laughs> uh, on Facebook. So so welcome to show number fifty three. It's smoking and toasting. We are brought to you by our uh, good friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant. And when I say good friends, they actually really are our good yes. friends. We love these guys. Uh, they're at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston They are a wonderful place for a steak. They're a wonderful place... For a great piece of fish, and they're a wonderful place to drink and smoke because they've got uh, this incredible upstairs
1: area. Bacon appetizer.
0: Yes, thank you. You know, I'm going to need a little more from you than the NPR lead <laughs> today on the show. So uh, it's, a, it's my day for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? Like if I had to do the entire show and you just did one one word here
1: and there. Oh my god, <laughs> you'd that be would tired be... by the end. You'd, and and
0: you'd be... b- we people would never listen again. It would be it would be just terrible. So. Uh, So, on today's show, we're very excited because Mark and John from New Republic Brewing are going to be joining us, and they have brought, actually, it's a cooler. I've seen it. It's a cool cooler, too. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And it's full of New Republic Brews. So, we'll be getting to that. Plus, today we get to the bottom of something that has has puzzled drinkers, or at least novice drinkers like myself. Notice how I slipped that in? Uh no, yeah, novice drinkers like myself, uh for some time. And that's the difference between whiskey and whiskey.
1: Right. Whiskey with that's a EY or with just a Y, y or right. just with an e. I heard yeah. it the way you said it actually.
0: See, that's because you're not a novice drinker. You're you're a professional in this area and you know already where I'm going with this. <laughs> and, I mean that as a compliment. I, I'm, I'm I, following I'm, you. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I, I forget who it is that said it originally, but I always credit you with the quote that you can't drink all day if you don't start early. So, <laughs> I love that quote. So, yeah, it, it is It is one of the best. So we'll be tasting uh, a whole bunch of different uh, New Republic uh, beers, and we'll be finding out a little more about this really up-and-coming brewery from College Station, Texas, and or they call it Aggieland. And I'll just, you know, I might as well just go here now. I just want to say, some people always, you know, wonder, like, are you guys, do you show, like, do you... Do you have to say good things about certain brands, or is there any sort of like? I just want to say this show is totally. We try to be fair and above board with everybody, and that's how someone who is a graduate of the University of Texas is actually cool with people from Aggie coming on the show because that's. Uh, so, oh, I'm getting a thumbs up over there. Okay, so <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get into this. We we'll get into the segment, but uh, no, I have I have uh, a lot of great friends who uh went to Texas A&M and my brother went there too so uh,
1: i don't i don't have problem with Aggies <laughs> yeah, i, I yeah. know some Aggies yeah so uh
0: and i do know that i do know this one thing Aggies like to drink and so there's a uh, there's a good market i think for a uh, uh for a really up and coming craft brewery coming out of uh, College Station and that's what new republic is so we'll be finding out more about those guys uh tasting their uh, tasting their wares and then Ian, let me be uh, i don't know if i'm the first but let me certainly be no more than one day behind, wishing you happy international rum day, happy which was international yesterday. rum day to you. you know, I, and I brought gifts. I brought uh, I stopped and uh, picked this up, and I've never had this before. In fact, it's still sealed with the wax seal, uh, but it's the Santa Teresa. 1796, which I don't think is when the rum was bottled, but uh, but in any case, it's the 1796 Solera rum from Venezuela. So. And just
1: so you know, if you're calling to wish somebody a happy rum day, like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a birthday, it's easy. You sing happy birthday. If it's right. Christmas, you what sing. What do you do for international You rum sing, day? What Do You Do With a Drunken Sailor? Oh,
0: of course you do. That makes all the <laughs> sense in the world. Now I know. You know, we'll have to get that actually for some of our show bumper music. <laughs> that will make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Also want to uh, send a shout-out to our our friends over at uh, Stogie's, World Class Cigars. Ian and I were both over at Stogie's last night and got to meet A.J. Fernandez. That was pretty cool. Yeah, which was very cool. He showed up in the hat. Yes. that, That hat that if you're not from... A Latin American country and/or in the cigar industry, you are not allowed to wear that. That's hat. right. And he had that hat on, and he was totally, uh, totally. You actually,
1: if if you decide you want to make cigars, you have to apply for the hat. I think.
0: Yes. Now you can. It's okay to wear that that shirt. You know the shirt I'm talking about that has the the two lines down mm-hmm. the side. That's the sort of the Central American cigar guy shirt. Like it's okay to wear that. It's but, it's part of the uniform. But the hat, you have to be yeah. I think you have to you have to apply for that. So so we were over there got our picture taken with uh, AJ we'll uh, we'll post that because we're just geeky enough to be excited by it. Uh, so we'll post that on the uh, on the uh, Facebook page as well. So um, I'll be I'll be talking about the cigar that I smoked last night. I don't know if that's what you're going to talk I want about. That's what I'm going to talk about. All right. So why don't you tell me uh, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting? So
1: I did. I had oddly enough and A.J. Fernandez, mm-hmm. uh, Bellas Artes, uh, Robusto Extra was oh, the one. Oh, it was Robusto right? Extra that yes. was one of the yeah, yes. and we actually ended up buying a box at the end of the evening. But yes, we got we did. the uh, we got a, a the n- Churchill Long
0: Churchill, I think it was called. The, yeah, the, oh, uh, I have
1: it on here somewhere. Churchill the, Extra, something like that. Uh, it was the. Well, well maybe I don't have it on here. <laughs> anyway, no matter it was the sh- it was a shorter Churchill I think yes, okay. what it was. Uh, but uh this was a very interesting cigar. It was a very cigar flavored cigar. And what do you mean when you say that? Well, you know like your traditional what you think a cigar should smell like. It's mm-hmm. it's a very uh uh very cigar flavored cigar. It had, you know, like some of the notes of pepper in the beginning and things like that, but that kind of went away, and then I had a lot of woody kind of notes in the cigar. Um, I won't go through it as a blow-by-blow, blow, but it was interesting because the flavor was doing a few different things throughout the cigar. And by the mm-hmm. end of it, it had built up to uh, a little more of a full-flavored cigar with a lot of creaminess to it. Um, and the the black pepper at the beginning kind of turned more into a white pepper in the middle, and then back into kind of a black pepper at the end. It had an interesting wrapper on it. It's Apparently, I'm reading on here, it's a hybrid wrapper named a Rojita. Uh, it's a cross between a yeah, it's a cross between a Connecticut, a crow, and like a Havana. I dated her once, <laughs> <laughs> which is pro- proprietary to A.J. Fernandez apparently, oh, okay. and uh, and it was great. But this is a uh, Nicaraguan uh, rapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. Um, and the whole thing was a 5x52 gauge it was about a about a 9 dollar cigar i was really happy with it by the end i accidentally let it go out at one point in time and had almost no penalty whatsoever on the relight um so that's why when you picked up a box of these, I was like, "Hey, I'll go half on that if yeah, you want." Which was perfect. Absolutely, I
0: was, like, I was like on the fence, like, oh, "Do I want to spend the money?" Do to? <laughs> no, no. And, uh,
1: but you're you would seem like you really enjoyed yeah, yours. Yeah, so I would put I would put that you know at a six or a seven on the price versus quality scale. You know, that's five great. being you get exactly what you pay for. I got a little more than what I paid for. I thought it was great. Plus, just having a cigar that you know will relight with no penalty is nice because if you're grilling and you're that's going worth in and out, something right stuff, there, like, yeah, absolutely, you can take that into consideration. Absolutely. Well, I will say
0: uh, I was uh, found it interesting when you were describing the cigar and you were talking about the flavors. You're like, I'm not going to go through it blow by blow. I was on a, one of the cigar websites, which I won't actually name, but uh, the guy was reviewing a particular cigar and I was reading the review. And I thought, I thought I was like a cigar snob. This guy is talking <laughs> about there were flavors of lemon zest and then in the next centimeter of the cigar, it shifted to a leathery. Uh, I was like... OK, like I get like pulling basic flavors out of, of a cigar, but really, you're really getting, you know, uh, caramelized uh, Indian brown sugar. Really? Yeah, you know, right. like, I'm, I just I'm not quite sure that I just think some people may play that up a bit more. So, yeah, I, I like talking about the flavors that I get out of a cigar. That's part of the fun of it. But man, some of these guys they're you know, they'll look it, it did this and then it shifted to this and they're listing seventeen different flavors in a cigar. Like I maybe I just don't have the palate. Uh, maybe. But I don't know. Do you ever get seventeen different flavors
1: out of a cigar? I just generally think cigar good or cigar bad, yeah, and then ca- go from there. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of with you. <laughs> well, speaking of cigar good, I was uh, at the same event with AJ Fernandez and and Ian. AJ was thrilled to meet Ian, by the way. Um, we had the uh, oh, cool like that. They had an Enclave uh, cigar that was brand new. Enclave is one of AJ's cigar lines, but they had this Enclave Broadleaf uh, Toro, which is what I bought one of these out of their display box Mm -hmm. to smoke while we were, you know, just hanging out at Stogie's and and talking to the manager there, and, uh, I really wound up loving it. So I went back. That's what I was going to buy a box of. And then I discovered it's actually not out for were, another week. Yeah. <laughs> they were so out, They too. premiered it at the big yeah. uh, conference recently in, in Vegas. But it actually doesn't hit stores for about a week. So I will tell you, though, it was fantastic. It's the first A.J. Enclave cigar to use a Maduro Connecticut uh, broadleaf wrapper. Uh, it has Nicaraguan binders and fillers. The pre-light was rich and earthy. And the, what I really liked a lot about the cigar... Is that a lot of times when you first light a cigar, those first couple of puffs are a little harsh. You know, it takes it a moment mm-hmm. to like. You know, it was delicious from the very, very first, which I thought was a real testament to how good the tobacco was. Um, no harshness. Uh, settled into kind of a medium to full flavor bomb. Earth and leather, some cocoa notes, a little toasty. That's about as much as like four it's about as much as I can pull out of <laughs> right. a cigar. That's just weird. But it was really rich and complex, and about an $8 to $9 cigar, I would give it price to quality about a 7 just same as uh, same as what you did. So um, when these come out in a couple of weeks, I recommend them highly. They're something you're going to want to seek out and, uh, and try for yourself, and if you like it, maybe... Yeah, you
1: know, pick up a box and send me one. I'm going to seek out a few of those too because they were out by the time I went yeah. to grab one. Yeah, very, very nice.
0: All right, it's smoking and toasting. This is episode number fifty three, whiskey versus whiskey, and New Republic beers. We'll be back with Mark and uh, John from New Republic and uh, sample some of their amazing wares coming up on Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back, friends, neighbors, and countrymen. We are smoking and toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This is show number 53, and our sponsors and good friends are the guys at B&B, Butchers, and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and opening soon in Fort Worth. In fact, we were just looking at the calendar for upcoming shows, and we have so many, like, on-the-road shows coming, and that's another one, because we've got to go to... Uh, yeah, we've got to make that road and, trip and, and make that road trip and be there when uh, the B and B opens because oh man, they're just bacon alone is worth yeah. the road trip. It's just worth the road trip. So uh, anyway, hi to Jeremiah and our friends at B and B, and we'll have Jeremiah back on the show here very soon. He is a he is a close personal friend of the program. He's uh, he's a lot of fun. So uh, speaking of friends, um, we would like to welcome back today on show number fifty three. The first guest we ever had in the studio for Smoking and Toasting, Mar- although he's you know doing something a little bit different now, which we'll let him talk about. But Mark is back. Welcome back from show number one. Mark, hit the little. Hey. Uh, you have to do your own sound effects. Hit the little applause thing uh, on the. <laughs> yeah, there we there go. We <laughs> uh, Mark, do you realize you were our very first in studio guest?
2: I- Actually, I do. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was pretty cool. And you, you made us like, you know, we finished up that show. We. Uh, Hey, we can actually have a guest and not screw it up too badly. That was that was a pretty pretty cool moment for us. So, yeah, uh, went great. Plus, we enjoyed the beer and enjoyed talking about beer. But now you are you have relocated and you're now with the New Republic Brewing Company. Yes, and so tell me about uh, is this? Tell me about. Are you, obviously, you're pretty excited to be with New Republic. What drew you to these guys?
2: Well, uh, a lot of things actually. Um, um first thing. Um, I'm super impressed with their QA program. Now, what does that mean? Quality assurance. Quality assurance. I mean, what what they put into um, making good beer. Okay. Um, They have unbelievable uh, quality standards and protocols in place already. Um, Kind of things you'd expect to see in, like, a 50,000-barrel brewery. And And
0: this is really, uh, when you say upstart, I mean, I know it's been around for a little while, but it's really just kind of beginning to reach its uh, footprint out of the College Station, Texas area. Is that right?
2: Well, yes. Okay. Um, we, we are we are now making moves to uh, to move forward. The beer's right now. It's time to time to start filling the market.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Well, uh, you brought along a uh, a, a gentleman from uh, from the brewery. Uh, so why don't you introduce John?
2: So John, the founder mm-hmm. here, is. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't one... mess around. You brought no. the founder. That's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. Um, welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun to be here. So you started yeah. uh, New Republic, right? Yep.
3: I was a founder, and I'm a co-owner of the brewery. So,
0: so. did this start—is it? Is this one of those, like—and we love these stories if it is— like we were brewing beer in the basement and decided to uh, decided to do go big time.
3: Yeah, that that's exactly it. Uh, myself and my co-founder started the brewery in 2010. We took our wives out to lunch and said, "Hey, we want to start a brewery." And they went, "Great, you're gonna make yeah, more, great. more beer <laughs> in the garage, whatever." So you know, we went on, and uh, six years in, we've you know made some real serious changes in the last uh, eight to twelve months. Uh, we've brought Mark on. We're excited to have him on board. Uh, one of the one of the pieces that we were missing is. Sales and distribution, so Mark mm-hmm. brings twenty years of experience in beer sales and distribution, an amazing palate, a lot of knowledge yeah he's so,
0: he's a smart beer guy I yeah. knew that that was when we had him as the, as our first guest. I was like, oh, he was such a great first guest because he knows so much about yeah. beer like he was it was great just asking him questions with yeah. That. Uh, so, is there a moment, and we'll get into your your specific uh, line of brews. We have already a very impressive lineup of beers. Thank you. Uh, but uh, you, is there a moment where you kind of have to make that decision? Okay, this isn't just for fun anymore. Like we're we're serious about this as a profession uh, now. And when did that happen for you guys? If so,
3: yeah. So for us, it was you know we started up. a very small system, two barrels. We moved up to a 20-barrel system. And we spent a lot of time figuring out how to own a brewery, how to run a brewery, how to make Mm -hmm. beer, how to do all of those things. And I think the big turning point was around the beginning of this year. We have a new partner that's joined the company, Nick Collins. Uh, Nick is really focused on quality and doing everything right. He's uh, born in England, loves English-style beers, which we have a lot of tie-in with the English styles to Mm -hmm. our beers we use an English yeast, So, Nick coming on board was a transition for us. And uh, so it's been about the last eight months, since the beginning of the year, that we've really tried to dial our beers in, focus, improve quality, improve consistency, just make the best beer we can and do the best job for our customers that we can, whether those are wholesale customers or retail customers, and put the best product in the glass we can.
0: So now we obviously get to taste your sort of finished product like once you've been through all the uh the taste the testing and stuff thank you Ian.
1: That was perfect. i love that <laughs> time
0: uh but is there a uh i mean in the process of doing this are, are there times when you like taste the beer and go oh no that's not it keep working on it like does that happen really or is it all like really pretty good it's just a matter of like refining that last little step
3: it, it varies. There are beers that turn out, and you, you develop a recipe, and you think, oh, man, this is going to be great. And then you get that beer going, and you ferment it out, you finish it, you carb it, you taste it, and you're like, eh, never mind. <laughs> I, that's I, I, what that's I would guess. You would for. have to have
0: some of those sort of swing and a miss mm-hmm. type of things. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not really trying anything all that new, you know? Uh, I think we need – do we have enough, more glasses? We need, it, it need to one, the, one more.
3: Yeah. Oh, I've got one of those open. Oh, so uh,
0: okay. Cheers. Well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so so it's interesting then you know when you bring a, a cooler full of different different styles and different uh, you know iterations of the beer it's interesting thinking these are not only the ones that turned out pretty good but they're the ones that then you went okay, let's perfect this let's really mm-hmm. craft it to the uh, till we get it exactly the way we want it so uh, this first one is a very
3: golden uh, sort of uh, beer what are we what are we looking at here? So we're looking at Cadigan. this is our blonde ale Oh. And It's really targeted more at craft beer drinkers than at the general market. Most blondes are really general market blondes. This is a little bit more flavorful, a yeah. little bit more hoppy. It's, it's still very approachable, easy to drink. Um, the grain bill in it is uh, Turo and Golden Promise, which is a Scottish malt used in a lot of single malt scotches. In beer, though, it adds a really nice kind of biscuit and honey note.
0: Yes, definitely. I can taste that just having taken the first sip. Yeah, that honey is uh, real prominent. Yeah, it really is. But I get, I get the sort of yeasty biscuit uh, thing mm-hmm. that you're talking about as well. And yeah, I would say my first reaction to it is, wow, for a blonde, this has a lot of flavor.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, really yeah. does, really does. It's got a nice uh, kind of sneaky bitterness on the aftertaste too mm-hmm. that I like. Just, just on the finish, it's really nice.
0: But yet, even though it's kind of full flavored for this style. It's still super refreshing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a very
3: sessionable beer. Finishes
0: out really nicely. What's yeah. the ABV on this one?
3: 5.2. Nice. Yep.
0: So, um, this is. So, uh, tell me, I know we're probably tasting this versus one of your lighter uh, ones, but uh, is this. A more recent edition,
3: or uh, was it one of the early ones? This is one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. So the first three beers out were Dammit Jim, Skylight, and then Cadigan. Okay, so so we'll this talk- was the third one that we, we put out.
0: So we'll talk about all of those uh, as we go. So, uh, Mark, was there a particular beer that when you tasted it you thought, yeah, this company's got it going on? Was it was it uh, one of the ones we'll we'll try today? Whipsaw. Whipsaw. Okay, so we'll get there, too. That's the double IPA, so I'm sure we'll be getting... And uh, the NPR lean. And the NPR... Yeah, Whipsaw. That was <laughs> whip good. Saw. Hope you got that on Facebook Live. Uh, so now, the first time that I heard of you guys was uh, when I just you know ran across, I want to say it was in Specs. Um, uh, the next beer that we're going to try, which was the, the Dammit Jim, which is this one's in amber, right? That's correct. Okay, so... Uh, obviously, being a Star Trek geek, and and uh, I stopped immediately and and said, "I'm buying this." <laughs> uh, and then we actually brought brought the beer on the show, and we really liked it, as I recall. Uh, but was was there a uh, was there a, a story behind where the title came from for this?
3: Yeah, there was. So when we first started, we were just this little tiny two barrel brewery trying to figure out what we were doing, and uh, this beer was originally called Bellows. All bellows. of our names have a tie into a trade craft somehow. Okay. So we had the intent of this beer being an homage to blacksmiths and their mm-hmm. bellows used to stoke the fire.
0: Which that's the big sort of like the. Yeah, sh- the big air, thing air puffy thing to, that yeah. blows air into the okay. fire to make gotcha. it hot. Yep. In
3: technical so, terms, that is. That's, yeah. <laughs> the big whooshy thing. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, technical right. that's what we like
0: to call it. Yes.
1: <laughs> whoosh. Whoosh. <laughs> it makes a sound, it goes whoosh.
3: So. We received a letter from a company called Luxco that said, uh, we hold the trademark to Bellows brand since 1879, mm, mm, mm. and uh, it's a trademark in the liquor class, and you better not try to go trademark it in the beer class, and you need to stop using the name right now. And we went, huh, that's interesting. So we went and looked, and we found uh, that Bellows brand bourbon was a plastic bottle handle on the bottom shelf. We thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. We found that it was owned by Jim Beam. We thought that was interesting. Hmm. We talked to our lawyer and said, can you please send them back a letter that says, we're pretty sure your customers are smart enough to know the difference between plastic bottle bourbon and Texas craft beer. (laughs) So our lawyer put that into lawyer words, sent it on to them. They sent a letter back that roughly translated to, we're pretty sure our customers aren't smart enough and we're willing to spend a lot of money to prove it. Wow. So being a little tiny two-barrel brewery, operating out of a metal building not much bigger than a garage. We put up our little white flag and said, sorry, we'll change the name. We put something on our blog up about it, and a friend who's a software guy posted back, well, you guys should call it, damn it, Jim, I'm a craft beer, not a bourbon. <laughs> so there it is.
0: <laughs> Which is per, Jim, of course, the ode to Jim Beam, as well as As well Star as Star Trek. Yeah. So we
3: get, you know, you know we were software guys coming into it. The co- My co-founder and I were both in software coming into this, so we get a Star Trek joke, we get... <laughs> a little bit of a shot across the bow with Jim Beam. I like it. Uh you know we get to move on and frankly I'm grateful to them because Jim Beam is a mu- or damn it Jim is a much better name. Well, than you Bello's.
0: know this all sounds amazingly
1: familiar. Does it? Well, Midian? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, that that plastic bottle is actually a safety feature in case you drop it, right? Like that's actually that's forward thinking. Right. right. And, and, it's, it's it's
0: protecting it's and their modern. customers. It's like protecting their been customers been from <laughs> You know, it it is an amazingly similar story uh, that we had because when this program started, uh, it was called – I have a hard time remembering I can't remember what it was. Uh, but anyway, we had to change it because some catering company in San Diego, which seemed very different to me, uh, but they had uh, a similar name. And anyway, we like our name now a lot better. And so – that works out. Okay, so we have to uh, taste this uh, lovely damn gym. We'll do that, plus, uh, move on to the next uh, level of beers coming up. It's Six Smoking Saver. Oh, no, it's not. Wait. Hey. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's uh, show number 53. My name is Cruz. My uh, co-host and partner is Ian Barry. We are brought to you by b and Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and soon to be open in Fort Worth, Texas. I got to get a hold of uh, Jeremiah and see if they have like a, a, a projected date yet. Because I know it's supposed to be coming up in the next month or so, but I don't know. I don't know what the date is. Yeah, so. we got to find that out. So we'll find that out and pass it along. Because uh, I know we have listeners in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, also, uh, if
1: anybody out there works for Chinette or Solo Cups, we're actually serious. We need a sponsorship This is his from weekly
0: <laughs> appeal. See, I, I, uh, uh, <laughs> see, I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. What if we went with, what if we made an appeal to, like, I don't know, Morangi to be a sponsor? And I'll buy the Solo Cups. Ah. What do you think?
1: Okay, I'm following you. You like the way I think, don't you?
0: (laughs) Uh, We are uh, in studio uh, today with uh, the gentleman from New Republic Brewing. New Republic is located in College Station, Texas. And uh, Mark and John are here. And in the last segment, we heard the story about Dammit Jim, but we didn't actually get to uh, the tasting. Unless you already drank all yours, Ian.
1: Uh, I drank most of mine actually. Um, (laughs) Then you, I've had this. We've actually had this on the show before. We have had this on the show, and uh, I believe I really liked it then, and I really like it now. Mm -hmm. I love the malt profile uh, that begins like right at the front of the flavor. on But it also is at the end too. It is, Mm -hmm. and it finishes nice and clean, and doesn't leave a like no sticky aftertaste or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It's really just a good like. Sessionable drinking beer. Oh, I say sessionable. What's the ABV on this one?
3: Five point six. Okay, yeah, yeah. So
0: reasonably sessionable. It's a very solid. I don't know if this is a really a, a, a correct beer term, but I feel like it's for an amber, it's just very solid. Like it has, it has some, um, uh, it has some weight to it as a beer. It sometimes has a pretty substantial mouthfeel. Yeah. It. Sometimes yeah. ambers can feel a little sort of like okay, I had that. Now I want a beer. Yeah. You
3: know what I mean? And this is this is not that way at all. You know? So the malts in this one are Munich and Vienna. That gives it a nice solid backbone. We use a little bit of Crystal 120, gives it some caramel. So you'll get toasted bread, caramel, and then it's hopped with a lot of American hops Cascade, Centennial, and Amarillo. So you get kind of some bitter grapefruit peel going on. Finished with Saz, or I'm sorry, fin- this one is finished with uh, Fuggle, which is an English hop, gives it a nice earthy bit in the finish. And it's fermented with an english yeast so there's a touch of fruity character from the yeast
0: so when you're doing a a brewery and you're let's say you're small like how you guys started out i mean is there a way to experiment with these different kinds of malts and different kind of hops without having to go buy a huge amount of it and then what if you don't use it
3: there is it's called a homebrew shop okay Ah, okay uh we started out as homebrewers and we still Utilize homebrew shops when we want to do a small batch of something. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to buy a 55 pound sack of grain to do a five gallon batch of beer to see. Right. You know, these are. To see if that grain works and gives you the qualities
0: and characteristics exactly, that you want. Exactly, yeah.
3: exactly. You know, and there are over 100 different malts available, over 100 different hop varietals. So you've yeah. got all of your malts and hop varietals, you're going to check them out.
0: Which one are we going to next? Oh, I was just we're, we were going just to worry on, on next. next. Okay, so uh, so tell us about this one, uh, uh, Mark. Is this is this a uh, is this one of the ones that you were pretty excited about?
2: Actually, yeah, this is a this is a great beer. It's a Belgian Tripel. Okay. Uh, so Tripel being a uh, very uh, very strong um, high ABV beer, they mm-hmm. uh, they range uh, in the eight to ten percent range. This one, one of my favorite styles. Yeah, me too. It's a Great fruity character from the yeast. Is this uh, unfiltered? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be terribly unhappy if you guys put a uh, put a, a barley wine on your <laughs> slate. Ian uh, is Mr. Barley Wine.
0: You don't do get any that, rumors so. started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was. Is is a Belgian trapel always unfiltered? Is that one of the characteristics of that particular style?
3: Yes, and they're typically bottle conditioned. Ours are not mm-hmm. because it's okay. primarily draft and cans. It's a little bit difficult to prime sure. and carbonate in a can. Okay. It uh, smells so
1: fruity. Mm-hmm. It
0: really does. I love that. Belgians are fruity was actually mm-hmm. the title of one of our episodes, <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, uh, you, yes, it has a definite like fruit characteristic mm-hmm. to the nose. And a big and yeast. And so and that mm-hmm. characteristic and you're,
2: you're selling uh, would be the yeast character. Uh, it's known as a yeast-forward beer. Yes, um, when you're when you're sampling, they could be hot malt forward, yeast forward, or hop forward.
0: So this is definitely, I would think, would be a good. I would almost call it a graduating step. Like if you really like hefeweizens, this is a good next beer to
2: try. Oh, you know, it's a it's a it's a step up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little more, a lot more body, a lot mm-hmm. more flavor. But, mm-hmm. but but it has some of that not same feel uh, that a
0: hefeweizen will. Um, if you're uh, you know, I always say to people because uh, some people go, "Well, I usually drink sort of like mainstream beer, but what, what might I like in the more craft world?" And I would say, if you're somebody that drinks Blue Moon, mm-hmm. try this next. This would be a great like step yeah. step up. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And
3: we've got another beer that's an even better step there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. called Ale Mary. It's our session ale. I love that. <laughs> it's it's a Potter's beer. So it's it's the Belgian single basically. It's okay. a four point two ABV. Uh, it's got a little bit of wheat to it, so it's got a little more tartness. It's got this really nice grainy note to it. it tastes amazing, and it's got a lot of the same yeast character that this does. And
0: what, <clears> where <throat> is the dividing line between what would be a single, a double, and a tripel?
3: It's by alcohol. Oh, it's by
0: the alcohol, the ABV content correct. of the actual beer mm-hmm. is how it's how it winds up being labeled. I see. Mm-hmm. I got you. So uh, that's so delicious. This is, yeah, this is really good. It really is delicious. This is not. This is not my go to style of beer, but it's really, really tasty. I'm and it was again. just tapping the bottle of the can. <laughs> so let me ask you about uh, brewing in cans. Obviously um, it's it's become a real trend among craft brewers to uh, to brew in cans as opposed to brewing in bottles. Is it less expensive for the craft brewer? Is that part of the reason for it? Are there are there advantages from the brewery side? I, I'm, I'm kind of a bottle guy myself, so, so I, I miss the bottles.
3: Here's the story on that. It is not less expensive. Uh, if you're buying cans in bulk, uh, direct print or what they call a lithograph can like the Dammit Jim cans are, mm-hmm. they're about the same price as a bottle and label. Okay. These are about $0.09. Cents. The minimum order on them is about 200000 It's a full semi-truck load. We do a lot of stuff in shrink-wrap cans, like the Whipsaw can here. These are $0.33 a can. They're very expensive compared to bottles. But we can buy them in small quantities. You buy
0: smaller groups of them, sure. It's digitally
3: printed, so if we're doing a short run of something, it's much easier. Or, in our case, we don't have the storage space to have six brands of cans and 200000 of each Mm -hmm. packed in there. We'd need an entire warehouse just for can storage. Sure. Um, So... The reason craft beer started in bottles is because canning lines were astronomically expensive at the time. Mm -hmm. There were no small-scale canning lines. It wasn't a thing.
0: You had to be one of the majors to even be able to afford that equipment. Right, right.
3: The machine's you 24, 48-head rotary canning line will can 1,000 cases an hour. Mm -hmm. It's all the beer that we make a year in 10 minutes goes through a line like that.
1: Wow, crazy to think about that. Yeah, level of production not even
3: viable. Bottles were, and craft beer got that right. Bottles, brown bottles protect the beer better. Um, skunky beer is light striking. UV right. breaks down hop compounds, makes it smell like a skunk. Uh, in Europe, they don't have skunks; they call that beer light struck. Light <laughs> struck, smel- and so
0: so. Do, but do the cans offer the same or better protection as the brown bottles?
3: They're completely opaque, so they offer 100 percent protection 100%, from UV. Okay. There is no UV. Once they're sealed, the seal is actually better. There's an epoxy inside the lid when it seams on there that seals the can. So, a bottle can be vacuum; uh, they can vacuum all the oxygen out of it. So Mm -hmm. you you have potentially less initial oxygen in the can in the bottle than you do Mm -hmm. in a can, but you have a lot less ingress of oxygen in a can. Once it's sealed, it's sealed. Nothing's getting in. Nothing's getting out. Nothing
0: seeps in. uh, Interesting. Uh, So. Uh, it's fascinating stuff to me because I I'm just I just love how cold I'm a cold beer guy. I know mm-hmm. it's supposed to be room temperature. I like my beer cold, and the bottles always feel like they keep it colder for me. So
1: you know, I actually while you're drinking, yes, mm-hmm. unless you've got one of those cool like Yeti style cool uh, koozies, yeah, yeah, just, just with get rock. a Yeti koozie. Yeah, I know. But I know. um, but I actually like cans. I'm going to pour it in a glass anyway. Most yeah, of the time, that's true. you know, that's true. Uh, just because. And, you know, right. and if you want it to breathe a little better, like sometimes it's a little uh, less bubbly. If you just put a speed hole on the end of it. Speaking
0: of uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Speaking of pouring, Mark, what are we tasting uh, next? What do, What do we pour here? So this is uh, this next one coming up is our the skylight. This is actually the uh, the beginning beer for New Republic. Uh, so this
0: was the first one.
3: Is that this right? This and this and Damage Jim were both done together. Okay. So my wife was not a beer fan when we met. And uh, the first beer she ever liked was a Franziskaner Hefe Dunkel. It's a Dunkelweizen, dark wheat beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were drinking at a German restaurant. I was drinking at a German restaurant. Mm-hmm. She tasted it. The waiter came by, and she kept drinking my beer. And the waiter came by and said, do you need anything? I said, she needs her own beer. And she said, no, I don't. And I said, well, then I need my own beer. <laughs> I <know> that, right. <laughs> so when we started the brewery, I knew this was a style I had to make. So
0: This is not that common of a, of a style among you know, uh, craft brewers these days, correct?
3: It's not. It's not. It's a really approachable style. The color looks dark, but the, it's lightly this, hopped, so not very yeah.
1: bitter. This, to me, like right off the bat, reminds me a little bit of a, like a lighter ESB, almost. Yeah.
0: I, I was guessing as I took the first sip of this, Ian, that you were going to love this. Yes. This is the, really this good. This has yeah. some some of the flavor profile of some of the things that I know that you like.
1: Yeah. This is, uh, so... It's got a pretty big mouthfeel to it, though, so, too. Mm-hmm. It's substantial. It's not real watery.
3: So about, how, do, how do you define... Tell me the name of the style again. Dunkelweizen. It's a Dunkelweizen. dark wheat. So, so it's a dark wheat. It's it's similar to a hef. You're going to have uh, about a 54% wheat in your grain bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Pilsner, and then we use some specialty grains. One called Special B gives it a just this really fantastic dark fruit flavor. You'll get some
0: right. Like, that's that's what I'm thinking you would like is that dark, yeah, fruit, that dark fruit, kind flavor. of date
3: fig black mm-hmm. currant. It's mm-hmm. like rich and raisiny curranty. Um, it's a bit
0: you like. Get, the flavor profile you would get from a like a barley wine, but with a very different
1: mouthfeel. Very lighter. Mm-hmm. Very much lighter. Very lighter flavor. And
3: yeah. then you get all the banana and clove that you expect in yes. a half mm-hmm. because it's the same yeast. Wow, I,
1: I think this
0: is terrific. I thank you. I, I this is definitely one I would keep on hand. And pairs great with rum. As in stock. Oh, speaking of rum, mm. in our next segment we will celebrate it International
1: almost, Rum Day. It almost has a rum kind of aftertaste. It really too, does. A bit. So we'll see like how that it. Rum uh, we'll
0: see how it steps us into the Santa Teresa 1796. Coming up on Smoking and All right. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's so nice to have you guys uh, listening. It's show number fifty-three. My name is Cruz. My partner Ian Barry, and we are brought to you uh, by b Butchers and Restaurant at uh, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston. Soon to be uh, opening in Fort Worth, and they're opening another a new restaurant uh, downtown Houston soon as well. Although it won't be a B&B, but it's uh, opened by the same group and the same. You know, guys that put B and B together. So we're excited about that as well. Uh, also excited in the studio today, uh, Mark and Chan from New Republic Brewing. Uh, we have tasted. I have to say, guys, very impressive beers. We've had we've had four so far. It's but a really all, solid lineup. Yeah, very distinctive. Like there Thank is you. there is not a you know what we find sometimes you know we have uh, a company in and you know they'll bring a, a large range of beers like you guys have done today is that we kind of zero in on a couple of them? Oh, yeah, I really like that one and that one. And the others are pretty good. But these have all really been just, just really outstanding. So, Mark, I can see <laughs> why, uh, why this company was attractive to you as, as your sort of new beer home. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because this is a very solid We haven't
1: tried it yet, but I'm assuming their IPA is amazing because that's right down. Like, that's his wheelhouse.
2: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Cut the secret
0: out. I couldn't be more excited, so... Uh, so we'll get to that. I also want to talk in our last segment. I'd like to uh, take a little time to talk with you guys about the what we call the craft beer wars, which is the you know the big boys versus the uh, the small independent guys, of which you certainly are one, and get your take and perspective on that. But right now it's time uh, to talk spirits a little bit because not only do we have a really fine looking rum, uh, I just I'm just looking at the bottle. Here it goes. And Ian's cracking it open. Here we go. Oh, that that may have been one of the. I hope we were recording. <laughs> that that may sound. have been one of the better uh, <laughs> the better bottle opening sounds we've had in a while. Uh, this is our rum that we've chosen to celebrate International Rum Day uh, with a day late uh, Santa Teresa 1796, which is because this particular rum company in Venezuela uh, was founded in 1796. So that's the reason. That's where the title comes from. Ian's going to pour that and pass it around. And while he does that, I want to visit a, uh, a you know an explanation that I found that I wanted to pass along. And during the break, Mark, you were telling me that you actually know the answer to this question. So I'm curious, since I got this off the Internet, if it's the same as, as, as what you say. But talking about the difference between whiskey, with a Y, and whiskey, with an E-Y. And I will admit, I did not know this.
1: Well, it's pretty easy. The The letter E is yes. actually the difference.
0: So it, one of the words has an E in it that the other word does not have? Yeah, so it's, it's more of a spelling.
1: No, I'm just joking. I'm going <laughs> to let you guys take it over. All right,
0: so in terms of technicalities, according to this article uh, from Travel and Leisure magazine, which is a pretty good magazine, <clears throat> in terms of technicalities, they say here's how it all breaks down. Whiskey with an E, W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. Is basically liquor distilled from fermented grain mash, and Irish whiskies are generally distilled three times, while those from Scotland are only distilled twice. An Irish whiskey has to age for three years; Scottish whiskey can get away with only two years. This leads some experienced tasters to some in, experienced tasters to say that whiskey with an e is smoother. While whiskey without the e is stronger, so whiskey with the e is Irish whiskey and other non-Scottish countries, and whiskey without the e or whiskey with the y, I like to call it, uh, is from Scotland. Does that pair with what you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) I got a feeling this is this is why I love the internet because it's so full of so many wondrous things. (laughs) That may or may not be true. They're all true. What are you talking about? They're
1: all true at the same time. (laughs)
3: So the monster is. I read it on the internet. That's That's right.
0: right. (laughs) So uh, Americans, they say, don't have the same distillation rules as the Irish. I'm reading from this article, and again, this is not from like Bob's website. It's from Travel and Leisure magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Americans don't have the same distillation rules as the Irish, although we have the same spelling. Thanks to a flood of Irish immigrants in the 1700s, an American whiskey, with an E, has its own rules and distillation processes. And then once you throw in bourbon and rye whiskey, with an E, things get even more complicated. And then the article actually says this, which I love. is actually kind of throwing the towel in on the whole thing. It says, (laughs) but alas, if after a few glasses you forget the rules of whiskey versus whiskey... Just go with whatever spelling is written on the bottle, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so Mark, tell me what what you know, because wh- so I was have a ex- feeling I'm going to agree with you instead of the article.
2: So what was explained to me uh, was that the E versus the no E had to do with the country of origin. Okay. So if the name of the country of origin had an E anywhere in it, then the whiskey had an E in it: United States or Ireland. America. Right. So Canada, no E. So Canada would be Scotland. whiskey with a Y just like mm-hmm. Scotland. So look at your Crown Royal ah. bottle. It's spelled without an E. Fascinating. Uh mm-hmm.
0: I. And wouldn't it be just right... If it were that like basic and simple <laughs> an explanation, <laughs> you know? instead of this longer winded travel and leisure, you know, well the distillation of three times and this one distills. We're twice. we're going to
1: have to prove this by spending time in
2: the liquor in the whiskey aisle. Uh, I don't know if I can do that. Can and, you take and on that proving burden? this? Yeah,
0: can you take on that burden for us? We'll yeah. have to do I that.
2: haven't seen one that breaks with that.
1: I wonder so if there's it. a chance that that's that that's just a coincidence, or if it's just. <sighs> It works. seems That's like a strange coincidence. <laughs> Please comment on that this, be, That would be a big coincidence. All yeah. the
2: Canadians <laughs> got it one way. Just by coincidence, all the Americans did it another way. Just by coincidence, doesn't seem interesting to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like, follow you on that Japanese
0: whiskey. Do you remember? Because uh, you you brought in some Japanese whiskey with on a the show. Y, mm-hmm. with a Y, I'm and not sure an e. some yeah. oh, brand is with a Y. I think mm-hmm. we may. I think I'm we may be onto something. Picturing the bottle, <laughs> you had no idea you were going to come in and school us on whiskey. You I, thought we were just going to school us on beer. We're just going <laughs> to enjoy <laughs> enjoy <laughs> our time drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of enjoy, uh, we have poured the Santa Teresa 1796 Solera rum from Venezuela. Has anyone taken a uh, a whiff or a taste mm-hmm. yet?
1: This uh, might be one of my favorites oh. that you've brought in. Actually, favorites of anything or of, favorite rum of rum? Really? Mm. Let me let me make that distinctive. Uh, my favorites of rum that you brought in. This is so this smooth. Is really it's, good. Yeah. It's yeah, almost dangerous. The color of it is gorgeous. It's like an orange wow. kind of red.
2: You're right. It. It is a kind you don't of a usually unique, see an orange yeah. kind of color. It's kind in of a it.
0: unique orange color because even though we've had uh, not too many shows ago we did the Pirat X O Right. Which was orange tasting but not orange colored. Oh, right. Like now this, this. is yeah.
1: actually orange colored and what's interesting is if you look at it in the light, you see the orange through the bulk of the glass and then right around the edges where it's a little thinner, you see the uh the, the amber color. It's really yes. pretty. Yes. Um really pretty rum but even more so it's tasty it's, it's a very clean tasting <laughs> rum too like the mm-hmm. spices are very defined in it and um and the finish is very fine on it with a little heat that comes back really
0: right on afterwards. the back like comes rushing
3: yeah, back up you, yeah after but you swallow really it comes back up slightly really smooth yeah really so this smooth this
0: almost reminds me of the equivalent to rum that my uh current like tequila passion skelly yeah, is to tequila because it's so smooth that you almost go, "Wow, this could be really dangerous." Well, you and know?
1: along with the the slight heat that comes back uh, after that, you get this uh, oak kind of wood finish mm-hmm. on this that, that the cinnamon just lingers a little bit. It's really nice,
2: mm-hmm. a little yeah.
1: cinnamon on the tongue and oak yeah. like in the in the back sort of the, 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 the palate. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, thoughts, Mike. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that was a, no, a text, no, Actually, this textbook is textbook N.B. lean right there. <laughs> <laughs> he got me on that kick today. Uh, I was wishing I had a little more skylight to sip right alongside it. Oh, now see, that's
0: uh, that's an interesting idea. Because, is there some left? Oh, 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 go for it! So, Bonus. Uh, what was I so, thinking? Yeah. So, skylight. so <laughs> that, that is an interesting a, uh, thought though, that you brought up actually in the last segment with the skylight. That little, is that is that this would zipper. this would pair nicely with uh, with the rum? You did mention that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wow. you can,
2: we can
1: prove it. <laughs> mm. Wow, that is really nice together. The the Mm. banana flavors kind of complement each other. The vanilla flavors are way more prominent now.
2: Oh man, I will say it is almost chocolate peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter. Yeah, (laughs) it really
1: (laughs) does. You need to sell that as a pair. Wow,
3: wow. (laughs) Can we get some of these barrels (laughs) to age skylight? Right? How great would that be? Amazing. I have just been
2: tasked with my (laughs) my first directive. (laughs)
1: I believe you Yeah, be, you just started this week <laughs>
0: right? New Republic, yes. too. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is my fourth day. I believe day. Your, your first, <laughs> your, your first uh, uh, trip maybe to Venezuela to right. speak to the uh, uh, <laughs> oh,
3: Solera oh people. Uh, I'm all about rum barrels right now because yeah. Marlin Spike in rum barrels would be fantastic, that would be too. Mm-hmm. Amazing too so yeah. Is it difficult to get things uh, for, for a brewery like yourselves? Is that a difficult task to acquire those kind of uh, rum barrels? And it stuff? depends on the barrels. Uh, some of them are pretty easy to get some of them are difficult to get we have the good fortune of being in the same property the the little metal building that we started out in is now occupied by a distillery rio brazos distillery mm, okay so they've got uh, a white whiskey called Boxcar or whistle stop an aged whiskey i have whiskey. a bottle of Boxcar.
2: Nice. Boxcar is their aged whiskey. We've done a
3: bunch of stuff in boxcar barrels, and then they've got a really nice birthday That was a Super birthday present from him to me, actually. Yes, okay. it actually
1: was.
0: <laughs> a lot of, a lot of vanilla on the bourbon. Yeah. So we've
3: done, uh, we've actually got a version of our blonde ale that's mm. done, that's aged in Rio Brazos bourbon barrels. We've got an event next Friday night at the backyard grill with a keg of that.
0: Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I think we had, uh, was it Balvaney, uh, Ian, that we had on the show? That they were talking about the fact that they actually would would do like some of the port and other things themselves, just to get the casks, and then they yeah. would sell off the the port or whatever, just the so they could have the barrels uh, that they could age their whiskey right. in. Mm. So it's kind of an interesting thought. Uh, if you guys decide to you know start distilling your own fine spirits, <laughs> uh, uh, just to have the the right barrels to age in. Uh, that could be a, sort of a fun project. So that would be great. We have to put
3: the still at a separate legal address. Yes, I believe but that's correct. But we can have both of them. All Ranger right. Creek
0: has both. You can have it all. Smoking and toasting is proof of that. Uh, and we'll be back with our final segment. Uh, two more beers from the um, uh, from the fine folks at New Republic coming up. And we want to talk craft beer wars a little bit in the next segment. So please stick around. The fine folks at B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston bring you smoking and toasting, and this is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Um, real quick, I wanted to share uh, an interesting article I found, which Mark will then debunk in like five seconds. But that's <laughs> but that's good. We, we like. This. I drink beer and no stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's what your shirt needs to say. <laughs> right. I drink You're beer and no stuff. Yeah. I love it. Um, uh, These are some recommended uh, books uh, for people who are interested in craft beer, and particularly in home brewing. So I thought, uh, John, since you guys basically grew out of home brewing, Mm -hmm. this might be interesting. And you... You tell me if you've even heard of any of these before or if this is just some writer who needed to file a story by the deadline on Friday. <laughs> um, uh, the first be- book they recommend, if you're really interested in craft beer, is called Tasting Beer, second edition by Randy uh, Mosher. Uh, they say here that his tasting beer... Uh, has been uh, a must-read book for a long time, uh, relating to beer. Have you ever heard of this? Is it, Absolutely. Is it? So it that's is, an important one.
3: It is on my phone in audio version. I no listen to kidding. It when really. i I'm back and forth between College Station and Houston. Fantastic book. Okay. How much
1: difference is there between the first edition and the second edition? Well,
0: I suppose it's probably just updated. Maybe know. new information that <laughs> that wasn't out when the first edition came out. You know, maybe like oh, there's a cool new. You know, crap brewery and college station now. You know, right. who knows? Uh, uh, they also recommend Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong. Have you heard of that one?
3: I don't know that one, but Gordon is good. So okay. So he's, you've heard of him. At least. Okay. Uh, what about um, John Palmer? Uh, How to Brew by yep. John Palmer. Okay. That's on the list that as well. That is the book. It says on if you're looking
0: to start brewing yeah. your own beer, this is an absolute must have. It has long been the go to book for anyone looking to learn about uh, brewing. Their own beer with a fully revised and updated version, Ian, mm-hmm. uh, that has uh, been released this year, full of uh, you know updated information. They also recommend Brewing Local by Stan Hieronymus. Uh, it's part history and part brewing, with a lot of great information enclosed. And, and they also I don't know that
3: one, but Stan's books are good. So you know the it, name though. Stan Hieronymus is, okay. is outstanding. Okay.
0: And then finally, Tony McGee's. So you want to start a brewery? Have you heard of that one? Yep. Or, or of Tony. That is also a good book. Okay, uh, so that's
3: that's on the rah-rah side of things about you yeah. can do it, but very very good.
0: You can do it. Just just start mixing up the the mash and the yeah. I I, I get it, but uh, but I will say though that's that actually impressive for the article. That you had heard of either the author or the yes, book in every case. Yes, they've,
3: so. they've done a good job in what All they right, picked uh, there.
0: Fair enough. So we passed that along. I will, uh, Even though I'm really bad about promising this and not doing it, I will uh, put a link to that in the uh, show notes on the Facebook page. So I want to
1: say Marlin
0: Spike. Marlin Spike is what we are tasting next. This is our mm. next uh, beer from New Republic. And uh, what can you tell us about this, Mark?
2: Well, it is a Moorish Porter.
0: What does that mean, a Moorish? I
2: know what a porter is. You yeah, just Moorish keep wanting
0: porter? more. Oh. <laughs> is that really it? Or is that there, is, is there? really it. I love it. I love it. All right. So you're a porter guy, Ian, uh, and I assume you probably already tasted this. Actually,
1: yeah. I bought this uh, a while back, and the six-pack did not last long. This is a good porter. Okay. It's just a good, solid porter, and uh, I highly recommend it. Uh Oh, it's anyway, very tasty. It. Now mm-hmm. we're actually going to pair this, however, with the rum. With the rum. At this so point this rum is. I can't say enough miles. about this porter. Let me just go ahead and put that out here. This is like <laughs> just a great. Porter.
0: So this is wow. Uh, I'm I'm impressed. I like the yeastiness that I'm getting off of this. Which, Craig, if I'm wrong, is that a little unusual for a porter to get that much yeastiness? A little bit,
3: not too much. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take a victory lap here in his commentary about drinking the whole six pack pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The reason we call it a Moorish porter is we wanted to make a traditional English porter. These beers were made for guys who worked hard, wanted to drink beer. A lot of porters are very thick, very heavy. Mm-hmm. You drink one and you're a little full. You drink right, you two and you're done.
0: Right. You really don't want to drink a lot more beer than you unless yet.
1: you're me. I can drink more than two.
0: Right. Yeah. But, but we this wanted case, to make apparently. a porter
3: that you can sit down in front of a football game with a six pack in your cooler next to your chair and not move. Just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not move till halftime. Then everybody knows where you're going. Right. (laughs) And you get another six-pack out of the fridge, put it in your cooler, and sit down for the second half.
0: Well, is there such a thing as a sessionable porter? Because that's how this strikes me. Uh, There it is. So,
2: traditionally, porters were very sessionable and low ABV. Mm -hmm.
0: But that's maybe... We've gotten away from that a little bit, with American uh, well, porters, mm-hmm. at least. Porters
1: have been lumped into a darker beer style and right. almost always going to be a higher ABV with your darker mm-hmm. beer styles. But if,
0: but if you look back at, at stouts, like Guinness, for example, is a much lower ABV than a lot of people think. Is
3: that 4.6 in Yeah. 4.2 on Guinness. 4.2. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the Guinness reason, export is bigger. Yeah, so, and a
1: lot of people think Guinness is a bigger
2: beer than it actually is. It's big flavor. But just mature. because beers are dark, though, doesn't right. mean that they're high right. ABV. So dark would actually naturally lead to lighter because of the roasting of the malt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a coo- that's a cooking out of some of the fermentable sugars. So mm-hmm. um, if you're not adding higher fermentables with it, you are going to have a low ABV with dark malt. Well, I will tell you, this is delicious. This is... This is probably one of my favorite porters that I've ever tried. Thank
0: you. This is really, really tasty. I like it because you can still get that carbonation on the tongue and that mm-hmm. sort of um, refreshingness, which I'm not used to describing a porter as refreshing. Maybe delicious, mm-hmm. but not necessarily refreshing, right? Uh,
2: it's not something where you go, I'm thirsty, I want a porter. That you know what I mean? The carbonation level is yeah. um, slightly higher than traditional mm-hmm. on these beers, Uh Typically, porters are going to be carbonated more in the uh, stout range, but uh, right. Right. carbonation does—it's um, a—it uh, fl- enhances flavor in the aspect of uh, it's a bubble. It creates surface area. So when you have saturated carbonation in a liquid mm-hmm. at a higher volume, you have a higher surface area, and that surface area on your because tongue is of what bubbles. delivers
0: the flavor to your palate. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's also really good with this rum. Although <laughs> it I, really, I, you know, it's amazing.
1: Think about the uh, think about the the raisin and date side of it, and the brown sugar like sugar cane mm-hmm, kind of flavors, mm-hmm. like all start popping when you're drinking out those two together. Rum, yes. It's crazy good. Wow.
0: Okay, so uh, we're getting a little short on time, and I want to talk about the craft beer wars a little bit. But first, let's talk whipsaw. Now, Mark. Okay. We know from like going all the way back to our first. Uh, uh, show that we had you on that you're you're an IPA guy so this is sort of the uh, this is the new republic moment you've been waiting for right
2: oh uh, yeah actually i mean this was i mean this is what sealed the deal it, it was like you know mark we want you to work for us i was like well let me think about it here try a whip saw and i was like <laughs> Okay. This, yes okay i thought about it <laughs> yes <laughs> this has
1: such a big floral scent oh, like man. immediately right off the top
0: so whipsaw is a double and that of course again has to do with the uh uh abv right uh, uh, it yes it does have it to do with double.
2: the abv it has to do with the increase of malt and increase of hop this now is now like hop uh, candy yeah so mm-hmm. now it's not While double is not double mm-hmm. it's but it is right. increased uh, it would have also it, interchangeably imperial IPA uh, mm-hmm. would be a, another terminology for this it. This is really good. It really yes. is. Like, no. Wow! Yeah, it's, it says Holy on the can Toledo. exactly.
0: It <laughs> says on the can, and I love this. It says pairs well with carrot cake, late nights, and good company. Mm-hmm. All
3: of our beers pair with good company. I can't uh-huh. believe
0: how well balanced this is. You know, for a double IPA, yes, because so, doubles can be like they can be the places where. Some breweries feel like they need to impress you with how hoppy they can taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but if you can put all pack all that hops in there and balance it still, that's even more impressive.
2: There, there was a period where um, breweries everywhere went after palate destruction. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, going back, you know, ten years um, in the craft brewing world, you know, you you would hear, you would just, you would just hear it people well, be in the bar they'd be like I love that beer so I'm going to drink this 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 and this and then I'll have that right <laughs> but
1: but so you have like Stone and Arrogant Bastard but mm-hmm. those two breweries are so good at making them even at that incredible high IBU mm-hmm. like they're really good beers and then a lot of beers just took off with that and made them bitter and like right. I, sometimes I just feel like
2: oh that just tastes like a pine
0: cone yeah, I was going to say that's your <laughs> that's like, your famous
2: saying is yeah. like yeah. chewing on a pine cone mm-hmm. yeah they can, they can devastate your palate from this, I got, enjoying I, anything else. I can't stop saying it. This is so
1: balanced. It's so good. There's very few IPAs that I know that are this good. Uh, the 90-minute IPA, I think, is in this realm. The There's a brewery in um, uh, 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 Keller, Texas called Shannon Brewery that makes mm-hmm, an IPA mm-hmm. that's this kind of like balance. It's really good.
2: This was actually our discussion driving up here was – I bet this is going to be one of the first IPAs that Ian says yum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've of a few that he's like. We had the Stone Ghost yeah, Hammer like, last week. I like uh, IPAs, but they got to mm. be balanced. They just they have right.
1: to have a balance. It can't just be like a hop smack and then a pine cone on the aftertaste because <laughs> that sucks, you know. Okay, with
0: the with the just a moment we have left, let's let's talk a little bit about craft beer wars. Obviously, you guys are. Uh, a very small brewery by comparison to some because you're really just beginning to branch out. How many barrel? Uh, how many? Um, how do you measure it? Is, what's it's re- in it, barrels. It's in so barrels. A, and right? a beer
3: barrel is 31 gallons.
0: Okay. So how many of those would you do in the year for 2017? Probably? For 2017, we're looking at about 1,000 barrels. Okay. So this is even on the small side for craft breweries, obviously. Yes. And mm-hmm. you guys uh, obviously fall into that distinction. How do you feel about you know, the car box and the Wicked Weeds and those guys being bought by, by the big guys? A, does it hurt the beer? B, does it have a bad impact on you? And C, would you ever consider it if you were in that place and they were breaking out the checkbook?
3: So, A, the, the short answer to that is I come from tech and software, okay. where if you sell your company to Facebook... Yeah, for 2 billion dollars you're a hero. <laughs> In beer if you sell your company to AB InBev for 8 million dollars
0: You're some sort of a sellout. Yeah.
3: So I think it really depends on your story. It depends on your story and what your business is. We're Mm -hmm. making great beer and we like what we're doing, so we're not looking to sell. You
0: are making great beer. And thank Thank you you. so much for everything we've tasted today. This has been terrific.
3: Thank you for having us. And a shout out to your engineer and the great bump
0: music. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) He's
3: good like that. Uh, This has been uh, show number 53.
0: It's Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. Ian is my co host. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy International Rum Day, and cheers.
1: Cheers.
3: Cheers. Cheers.
0: Cheers.